All right, book of Psalm, chapter 15, starting in verse 1. says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Some translations will say tabernacle. And who may dwell on your holy hill? Verse 2, the answer comes right away. It says, he who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He who does not slander with tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up reproach against his friend, and whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors the Lord, those who fear the Lord, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change, and he who does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. And here's what God highlighted to me this week in our reading. It says that he who does these things will never be shaken. Okay, so let's back up. Who does what things? He who walks in integrity. Say integrity. Goes on to say that who works righteousness, who speaks truth, who does not slander, who does not do evil to his neighbor or take reproach. It says that when you do these things, you'll never be shaken. And so when I read that, when I read he who does these things will never be shaken, I had to stop. And the question was, who doesn't do what things? So then I went back, and it was the first one that got me. It was the first one that I felt the Lord say, this is what I want you to do this week. It says this, he who walks with integrity. Integrity. Would you look at your neighbor real quick and say, integrity. I read an article not too long ago, actually a couple months ago, and it was an article about how a young boy was cleaning out a car that his parents had just got at a used car dealership. He was cleaning out this car for his parents, which, which matter of fact, that's really cool, by the way, you know, because this was like a 14-year-old kid his parents got a new car and he said, hey, mom and dad, I'm, I'm gonna go out and clean your car. How many of you are thanking in advance for kids that just love to clean your car, okay? 14 years old. He looks underneath the seat because he was getting ready to vacuum when he noticed that there was an envelope. So he grabs this envelope, he pulls it out. And when he opens up this envelope, he finds cash in the amount of five thousand dollars a lot of money amen a lot of money you guys are quiet you don't get quiet on me today okay i need you to speak all right so five thousand now in that moment it says in the, in the in the in the article that he went and he found his dad and he said dad i was cleaning the car i, I found this this sum of money and dad, what I think we need to do is I think we need to go find out whose car this was before because they probably want it back. How many of you would agree that dad was really happy that day? What a tremendous kid. Uh, I believe he did that because he probably saw his parents do something with integrity at one point, And he probably said, I want to be like mom and dad. So that's what they did. They went back to the dealership and they were able to track down the person who turned that car in and they were able to give it back to the people who originally had it. It was their $5,000. Really cool part in the story, before I give you the, the sad part of this story, was that the gentleman that forgot the money in the car thought the best thing he can do in that moment was not just thank the young man, 
for his moment of integrity, but reward the young man for his integrity. Gave him $1,000. Tremendous article. Imagine what that did in that kid. That kid probably for the rest of his life as he grows up will know that integrity rewards. And maybe not always with money, but with good things. Here's the thing that got me about the article. The article and those who read the article were so shocked by what this young kid did. They were shocked by it. And I thought to myself when I read that, how amazing it is in our culture where we would rather be more shocked by a person doing the right thing with integrity than applauding. They couldn't believe it. Now, you you don't need me to say this because you guys are all very intelligent people, very good-looking people too, I might add. You look great today. Some of you need to smile more and believe that. You look good. Here's the deal. Integrity goes a long way. It's powerful. The beginning of Psalm says, who, who, may, who may dwell in your tabernacle, Lord, in your temple, Lord, in your tent? Lord. In other words, God, who could be around you? Who could dwell on your, on your holy hill? And God says, the one who has integrity. That one can. I started to think about this this whole idea of how we live in this world that is shocked by us. I want to give you point number one today. It's the only point I have in my message, but I have some more fill in the blanks. So you can consider those points, but this is the top point. Number one is this. You'll never be shaken in life when integrity is a top priority. It sounds simple, and it is. But have you noticed in life that it's usually those that we admire the most that have the ability, it's good to see you, Cheryl, that have the ability to be calm in tough times? You notice that? You ever seen something around you go crazy, but yet one person in the room has the ability to stay calm, to handle things correctly? I think integrity helps in that. Now, before I answer what integrity is, let me just answer what integrity is not. First and foremost, integrity is not perfection. How many of you guys are thankful for that? Integrity is not perfection, meaning if you do something wrong, someone can't just say, you lack integrity. It's a lot like character. You can't base a person's character off a moment where they made a wrong decision. You have to base their character over a period of time because you're not gonna always get it right. It's the same with integrity. You're not always gonna have integrity. Let's have an integrity moment. Have you always had integrity? Raise your hand. Perfect, I'm speaking to the right crew today. You base integrity over a period of time. So you gotta know that it's, it's not perfection. Also, integrity doesn't mean that you never make a mistake. I mean, if that were the case, Jesus is the only one who has integrity. If that's the case, we don't get to dwell on God's presence. According to Psalms 15, you have to have integrity. Now, what we're looking for in a life of integrity is what we might call an integrated life. Matter of fact, the word integrity comes from the root Latin word integer, if I said that right, which actually means whole. So let's think this through real quick. 
It's a person whose whole life is out in the open. It's not, okay, so how would this look in our life? Let's put it this way, okay? Too often in our lives, many of us, what we do is we compartmentalize parts of our lives. You guys know what I mean by that? For example, sometimes in life, we might have a compartment where we say, this is my professional life. It's over here. This is my family life. This is over here. This is my social life. This is over here. This is my spiritual life. It's over here. And then we also have a private life. Is that making sense? We compartmentalize everything. And so often, we might have a professional life that is separate from a spiritual life because we don't want to offend anyone in our professional life with our spiritual beliefs. So what do we do? They're over here. Here's this, here's that. Or we get into our family life, but we keep our private life separate because we don't want our family to know what we do in private. They're separated. Then we go into our social life. And that's really different from what we do in our spiritual life, which is profoundly different than what we do in our private life. And all of a sudden, without realizing it, we have a compartmentalized life. I'm gonna say something to you real quick. Integrity can't work that way. Integrity can't work in each one of those. You gotta understand that Jesus wants to direct all of our lives. And he wants space in every one of our lives. So it's important to know that if we are people of integrity, that Jesus gets space and room in every single part of it. Do you know who Jesus rebuked the most in the Bible, by the way? We would say religious people, which is true, more so hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? It is one who says, I am this, but they actually do that. What is that? That's a compartmentalized life. Remember how we talked about how, you know, you clean the outside of the bowl or the outside of the cup, but on the inside, it's dirty. Jesus spoke. I mean, how would you like Jesus just looking at you saying, hypocrite? Ouch. Anybody else feel that same way? Now, now keep in mind, this would be the lifestyle. Again, what is integrity? It's over a period of time. What's character? It's over a period of time. A hypocrite, if you're called that, is because a period of time shows nothing but hypocrisy. So then that's what you are. See, Jesus would have it said that our lives are not broken up into little compartments, whereas we're this way with this group and this way with that group. Instead, we glorify Jesus in all we do. What does Jesus wanna do? Jesus wants to direct our actions in our professional life. He wants to direct us in our relationships, our social life, our family life, our private life. What I'm trying to say is integrity for what it is, is that Jesus has control of it all, okay? But integrity is not perfection, and it doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. We all will. Aren't you thankful that we have a God who forgives our mistakes? Amen, that was a good place for everyone to say amen right there, amen. All right, so the question is, is what is integrity? How do we, how do we boil this down? I, I put it this way today. Integrity is when what you do matches what you believe. What you do matches what you believe. 
So my integrity is not based off opinion. My integrity is based upon God's word. And if it's based upon God's word, then what that means is my actions reflect God's word. All the more reason to be people of the Bible. All the more reason to read along with us every single week. Because listen, when we understand what God says, we can then do what God says. I've said this time and time again. I'll say it till I go to heaven. You want success in life? Read the Bible, do what it says. That's it. It's that simple. We've complicated it. Let me give you 12 steps or take God's one step. Does that make sense? It's simple. See, I've noticed that a lot of times people aren't succeeding in life or even to in their spiritual life because God's word is not a priority. So they're not in it, so they don't know what's going on. But then you read God's word and you see something really cool. A lot of the times we see God's word and it says don't. Why does God do that? Because he wants the best for you. Because he wants to protect you. In the room or online, God is not a dictator. He's a father and he wants the best for you. So he puts all these things. But there's also other things in the Bible that are really fascinating that when we read it, we see just how good God is and just how good life can be. But we've got to get into it. We've got to understand that. So integrity is is when what you do matches what you believe. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse nine. It says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Would you like to have that in your life? Oh, it's powerful. It says, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Let me take that one off there because I think it's wrong. Proverbs 10, 9. Don't know how that happened. On my notes, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who walks, some of you are like, that doesn't, no, no, it's not working. But he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Unless it was a copy-paste fail, I'm not sure. Integrity. Integrity is when your private life is consistent with your public life. I know we've said it all before. Matter of fact, if, you, if you've been in our men's group, every Monday night at 6.30 on Zoom, we have a men's group. Matter of fact, we're meeting tomorrow, starting a brand new series on the Holy Spirit. If you are a man in our church or watching online and you wanna know what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, you need to do whatever you need to do to clear your schedule, to grab a phone, to get on a computer and take the next six weeks with us to learn what the Holy Spirit wants to do with your life. It'll, it'll, it'll change everything, okay? Where was I going with that? Oh yes, this is where I was going with that, okay? And so you have this idea that the Holy Spirit wants to direct you in integrity. So, so when you see this whole idea of consistent with public in life, with your private life, it's that they both match up. Let me illustrate it this way. There was a guy, all great stories start with that, right? Well, I don't know if they're great. It should say, there was a girl. <laughs> Ladies, is that okay? You, that was your opportunity to say amen, but you missed it too. So I was like, all great stories start with a guy and it got really silent in here. So then I changed it to a girl and I think you guys were still saying that guy, he never talks about ladies, man. Okay. Just trying to get some light. There you go. There you go. There was this contractor. And for 35 years, he worked for a company. He had a boss. But for 35 years, he was the head contractor for this company. He did a tremendous job. For 35 years, he built some of the greatest homes that anybody had ever built. He paid attention to detail. He uh, subcontracted out to some of the best. 
he, he didn't cut corners. When a mistake was made, he made it right. He's very good at his job. He's very well known. His boss was very thankful for that because he made his boss a lot of money over the years. Well, his time was coming up and he knew at the, at the 40 year mark that he was gonna retire from building homes. So he, he went up to his boss and he thanked him for 35 years of having a great job. But he, he let him know that over the course of the next five years that he was gonna start to taper down on how many houses that he would start to build because he wanted retired and he wanted to spend more time with his grandkids. And every grandparent in here would be like, yep, that's a good thing right there. Sometimes I would watch the way, you know, like a, I got my dad here. I, I've kind of seen my mom a little bit. I'm like, man, my mom treated my grandkids so much better. What is up with that, man? You guys have grandkids and go to a whole nother level, but it's cool. We're, we're not, we're, okay, we're getting over it. So, so anyways, I'm just joking, just joking. Said he wanted to spend more time with his grandkids. So the boss is like, man, you know, I really hate to see you go. You, you've built some of the great, could you just stay on a little bit longer? He said, no, sir. He goes, my mind is made up. At, at year 40, I'm gonna call it a career. I'm gonna call it done. So 36 years went by, 37 years went by, 38, and it was getting close. Well, right at the end, his boss came to him and he thanked him for a, 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 a at that point, a, a 39-year career. But he said, I, I, need, I need to ask you a favor. He says, I, I need you to build one more home. He says, I've got a client and this client means a lot to me. And it would be my honor if you would, for the next year, take your time and build the best house you've ever built. Now the contractor was a little hesitant because he just wanted to kind of coast in that last year. He had put in enough years, but he agreed. So they went to work on the house. They found the lot. They started to level everything out. I know some of you who know more of what this is about might make fun of me for a guy who doesn't, but they, they found the lot. They leveled it out. They started pouring concrete. Except this time, he didn't get the best foundation company like he usually did. He decided to save a little bit of money and he went out and he got someone else. And then they started building the home again and all of a sudden they started framing everything out, running electrician and plumbing and all this stuff but he started cutting corners. Again, he wasn't, he wasn't hiring the best people like he usually did. If a mistake got brought to his attention, he would look at the job and just say, hey, you know what, I think it's fine. We're just gonna go and run with it because we, we've gotta get this done. He was in a hurry. Well, that year had gone by and the house was done. And at the same time that the house was done, it was 40 years. So his boss walks up to him he says, I want to just congratulate you on 40 years. And without walking the premise, because this boss was used to this contractor making beautiful homes, he looked at the outside from afar and he didn't notice all the little things that were wrong. He didn't walk inside. He didn't check because the man always did it right. And so he said, I want to thank you for 40 years and he pulled a pair of keys out of his pocket and he gave it to the man. Can I say something to you? Like, please, Pastor. You're building your home. 
in the foundation of your home is Christ first, but the foundation of the home is your integrity. You will have to live in what you build. And church, I want to tell you, we've all blown it in this area. And for some of us, we might need to pull down some sheetrock and put it back up the way it should have been done. Some of us got to take those little shortcuts in our lives that we all got them. We got to deal with those important can I just speak to the parents for just a moment whether in the room or online and I'm a parent too a 12 and 9 and an almost 6 week old you want to know the greatest way to see your children rebel against the things of God or be bored with the things of God is to do separate from what we hear in the church in the home When your kids see you glorify, worship, and praise Jesus on Sunday, but see you differently at home, they will grow up and they will rebel against the Lord. Not all of them, but I could tell you, 21 years, multiple years as youth pastors, I could tell you kids today that we poured into for six years that have walked away from God because the parents didn't live what they did in church. And I wanna encourage all of us and those watching online, you're building your home and your kids can see it. So what do we gotta do? We gotta fix some things up, amen? Amen. Got real heavy in here real quick, didn't it? Y'all feel that? Whew, me too. (laughs) But that's what happens. The things that God says, hey, I want you to highlight that. Okay, cool. All right, God, integrity. What what, what do I need to do? And then he gives us this list. So all we gotta do is we gotta go back and say, okay, cool, I'm gonna work on that because I'm building something here. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm building something here. Listen to me. Whether you choose to to be generous with people or selfish in relationships, you're building something. Whether you do what's right or you cut corners, you're building something. Whether you show honor and build others up or show dishonor and tear others down, you're building something. Whether you extend grace or judge people harshly, you're building something. Whether you tell the truth about what happened or tell the story in a way that benefits you in some way, you're building something. You're building your own house as Nate comes. I wanna encourage all of us to answer this question today. And maybe you'll be able to answer it right off the bat, okay? Here's the question. What's your integrity worth? If you had to answer that, what's it worth? Your reputation, what's it worth? Because all of us, we have a price, amen? Our integrity has a price. Another way of saying it would be your actions say, what is my integrity worth? So for example, if you lie on a resume to get a job, 
about how much you make a year, 30 grand, 50 grand, 150 grand, whatever it is, that's what your integrity is worth. You're selling out for a certain price. If you falsify an expense report or you embezzle something from your work, what's your integrity worth? Your integrity for some might be worth a ream of paper that you took at home for private use. That's what your integrity is worth. I, I know college is out and they're maybe watching us online today because they had to go back to Bakersfield Heat instead of living on the coast where God is good and the weather's nice. <laughs> my, my friend yesterday lives in Reading. It was 111. I just screenshotted ours, 75. Hope you're having a great time. If you cheat on an exam to get a better grade or if you exaggerate the story so someone may like you, what's your integrity worth? Maybe, maybe it's worth 29 bucks a month or whatever because you, you tap onto your neighbor's Wi-Fi. Oh, pastor, don't be talking about that now. What about the $14.99 a month because you're using your friend's login for Netflix and not your own? Uh-oh. You say, the pastor, they, they get five. Yeah, it says family. Family. Family is a different word than friend. Now, I'm, I'm having some fun here, but think about it. Think about it. Let's bring it back to what it is. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. Is it yours or is it not? What's your integrity worth? You say, God, I need this in my life. It could be a great need. It could actually be something that God wants you to have. But God's saying, I don't know if I can trust you with that because you don't have any integrity over here. You understand what I'm saying? I was asking God, like God, out of, all the, all, out of all the things in Psalm 15 you could have pointed out for me to preach on this week, <laughs> you gave me integrity. Welcome to church today. Hope you feel encouraged. See you next week. You know what I mean? Or has God got your attention? He's got mine. I've exaggerated a story or two to make myself look good. Some of you missed a moment to really smile and say, that's okay, pastor, that's okay. <laughs> But you didn't. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I went into the weight room today and bench pressed 350. Actually, it was 305. I just kind of swapped the numbers around, but I'm, you see what I'm saying? That stuff matters. I had a friend say this once. I thought it was good. He said, when you have integrity, nothing else matters. And when you don't have integrity, Nothing else matters. So what do we do? I'm so glad you asked. Book of Psalm 139, it's a prayer. And this is a prayer I want you to pray today as we bring this to a close. It says in verse 23, search me, oh God. I know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. This is David speaking. And see if there's any wicked way in me 
and lead me in the way everlasting. Man, this is a dangerous prayer, y'all. Go back up to the top. Search me. Man, so what would God say if he searched you? Aren't you thankful that whatever God has to search you on doesn't just magically appear on this big screen behind for all to see? Man, someone's getting Pentecostal over there. You need to calm down, sir. (laughs) That moment where you lapsed, didn't walk in integrity. Oh, man, I love this. Know my heart. The Bible says the heart is wicked above all things. Who may know it? Man, try me. Know my anxieties. You know, a lot of the times integrity stems from anxiety, not trusting God. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then lead me. Just lead me, Lord. When you do that, God might point some things out. Again, maybe you exaggerate the story so people will think better of you. It'll find you out. Maybe you talk bad about people to make you feel better. Come on, we've all heard this one. Maybe you gossip, but you make it sound really spiritual. Oh, I'm just concerned about them. Maybe you claim the spiritual life, but you've got a hidden sin. Friends, I got great news for you today. You say, Pastor, that's me. I've got those things. You know God speaks to all people, right? You know that? He speaks to you. He speaks to me. If I was to take the whole past year and a half, some of y'all ain't gonna like me for saying this, but I'm gonna say it. There are a lot of things that we all had to get through. But can I tell you the hardest thing I saw as a pastor was watching how critical people were of other people. And man, did it hurt. People didn't know how to love, but they knew how to be critical. Man, if you guys knew some of the talks us pastors have, you know what I found out? They're no different than the things you think. They're just wearing a mask. Must not trust God enough. Or, or, maybe they survived cancer and they had a poor immune system. See, we don't like that, do we? Critical. They voted for who? Critical. I know I'm only 39 years old and I ain't got it all put together. 
but I can spot some things. So what we did is we bashed our brother and sister. We didn't love too well. Can you go back to that very first verse in Psalm? Go ahead and go back to it real quick. Just pop it up on the screen. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way of the everlasting. Search me, O God. Go back to the very first verse in Psalm 15. Watch this one. This is the one because here's where my heart broke. Because when we got critical, who may dwell, abide in your tent, who may dwell on your holy hill, he who walks with integrity, okay, works righteousness, speaks the truth in his heart. We can speak the truth in our heart. Go to the next verse. Do I even need to read it? can't tell you how heavy this was for me this week, even in the midst of storytelling and having some fun. Listen to me. Why do I want you to have amazing integrity? Because I want you to dwell in the presence of God. That's the heart of what I'm saying here. But also too, because I want you to love your brother and your sister in Christ, even if you disagree with them, even if you've got what you would say is all the research in the world. I cannot tell you how many Christians have hurt each other in this past year. And it's nothing new. We're really good at doing that over decades, centuries, it feels like. But when does it stop? I'll tell you when it stops, when we walk integrity. And if we have something against our brother, we first pray for them. And if we have enough relationship, we then talk with them but we don't alienate them. All right, everyone look at me real quick. I promise that was the heaviest part of my message this week. Why I put it at the end, I have no idea. I should have put that sooner on and kind of built this thing back up and got you all, hear me. David said, search me, God. That's our prayer today.